Welcome to Miss Lyrics Poetry Outlaws, a show about all things poetry. I'm your host, Catherine Owen. Outlaws. Today we are dealing with a question from a listener, Maya, and her amazingly creative and intelligent brain. And she would like me to talk about whether I have used poetry as a substance to create altered states. And if so, how does it compare to others? As in, I'm thinking other substances that create other altered states as poetry as a kind of um, alcohol or drug or some means uh, by which we mm, take our senses and our psyche into another realm. I definitely relate to poetry like that, though it, these days it has a romanticized tinge or even perhaps a delusionary tinge to it. I hope not. Um, I don't recommend using alcohol or drugs to write poetry. I don't think I've ever written a poem uh, using substances to create altered states. Poetry itself is a way of creating altered states because poetry is a craft and an art through which you enter the world as if through a channel or a porthole and you see the world in a different way through uh, eyes that experience awe and ears that are able to hear the sweet, silent, uh, underlying music of things. And that's a lovely contradiction, the silent music. Well, poets love that. There you go. There's a discombobulation right there, allowing you to see and hear the world in another way than you would in your so-called normal everyday life. Now, the first thing that came to mind, I'm just going to kind of pull um, allusions and references from four writers here that pop into my brain first, because of course, as with any question, and also with any explication or exploration of a poem, there's a million and one things you could say and address and articulate. So first thing that came to mind was, of course, the French symbolist poet Arthur Rimbaud, and his notion that the poet makes himself a visionary through a long, boundless, and systematized disorganization, or I prefer derangement, derangement, of all the senses, all forms of love, of suffering, of madness. So the poet's life, it's not just when they're writing a poem, but in a sense, their whole life is a kind of substance for their art through which they create these altered states of, of consciousness and address and conception. And I think that I've always seen the muse in, in that sense. So the poem is not just written solo, it is written in collaboration always, in connection with the world, yes, and also with what is mysterious, what is unknown, why is one drawn to one subject versus another, that in itself is a kind of delirium. So you think about the great opium eater, Samuel Taylor Coleridge, and he said he didn't finish his poem Kublai Khan and ended up just being a 54-line supposed fragment, though it feels quite complete. 
uh, because the man from Porlock knocked on his door. Uh, was the man from Porlock, in fact, his drug opium? Uh, that is up for debate. But certainly, uh, Kublai Khan came out of a dream. So there's another altered state. It's difficult to write a poem based on a dream. It has to be incredibly uh, convincing because when you write a poem, it's essentially a, a translation in a sense. And if you're not able to utilize your craft in a very powerful way, you're not going to be able to transfer it to your listener or reader in, in a meaningful sense. And then I think of... I think of John Berryman, and I think of his dream songs. And, well, he certainly indulged in a lot of alcohol and uh, and adultery, which could definitely be seen as substances that create altered states. Um, and possibly um, he didn't write his best poems in, in his uh, moments of inebriation. Uh, still, again, he accessed these ways of conceiving the world that are not in, you know, your everyday life um, through his aegis, mostly of Henry, also Mr. Bones. But Henry was his, you know, alter ego and, in a sense, a substance that created an altered state for him, an entity, a being through which he could um, compose in ways that perhaps he wouldn't have otherwise been able to. Um, maybe that was the case for Wallace Stevens, too. I mean, he certainly was able to detach from his typical, you know, everyday, seemingly boring life as an actuarial lawyer um, at, at a firm and and write these, you know, comedian as a letter C and, and all these phenomenal pieces uh, where he was, you know, surreal and, and uh, had great flights of fancy and, and lots of, you know, incredibly uh, um, fantastical alliteration and uh, Mm, obscenely delicious imagery. So there, that Wallace Stevens too, I think his, his poetry itself is a substance that creates an altered state. Um, it's very interesting thinking of poetry as a substance. That's probably why I keep repeating it. Uh, thank you, Maya. Uh, I've never really thought of that before, but it is because it's definitely my, my favorite mode of getting outside of myself and, you know, usually you don't have a hangover afterwards, though, of course, a muse, which can be incredibly consuming and drive you to do, you know, slightly bonker things, um, like, you know, running away from a marriage because you need to keep writing poems about this, uh, this wild and crazy fellow, um, yeah, it definitely can lead you to jarring and uh, disturbing, um, rupturing your, you know, sense of self and predictable routines. I've kind of tried to live my life like that, where I don't have an entirely predictable sense of being, even though I'm quite structured and disciplined. But I'm often ready, as A.R. Ammon says, to be a trader and trade one form of existence for another. And so I will end your question, Maya, by thinking back to Viktor Shlovsky, the uh, Russian theorist, and he talked about defamiliarization or ostreny. Uh, in Russian, and he said that it is to present or render in an unfamiliar artistic form 
to stimulate fresh perception. So I, I see all poetry like that. You're trying to um, startle, stir, disturb, disrupt, otherwise jar your reader or listener out of their predictable forms of being. Mm, but hopefully in substances that allow them to see their lives more clearly and feel more deeply and not need to numb themselves with alcohol or drugs, which is a really cliched form of being an artist and certainly not a way to endure um, or enable your finest moments of imagination. So thank you, Maya. You've been listening to Miss Lyrics Poetry Outlaws. Stay fierce, word musicians.